0: Hello, welcome back to Martian Life with Naro, or Vida Marciana, if you want to say it in Spanish. I'm your host. I have a lot of updates to catch you guys up on this on this podcast. First of all, it's been a month since I've done a podcast. I, uh, I'm no longer living in Manhattan right now. I've also haven't uploaded the last uh, three podcasts that I've done either at this point. So that's kind of a setback right now that I really am facing that. It's weird trying to tell you guys and update you guys on my situation, even though it's kind of weird where I'm not actually doing anything to to put those previous experiences out there for you. So while you're listening to this, you're going to be kind of confused or kind of uh, uh, yeah, definitely confused about where I am or where I'm at at this point in time. I've uh, come to realize that editing is probably not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> and... I've also failed in a lot of a lot of uh things throughout this podcast that I thought were gonna be a lot sim, a lot more simple a lot of uh setbacks that I've had uh for example i uh didn't have enough storage for my computer to hold on to so I could edit all my videos, uh, my podcast I've done a few interviews with some people that I really couldn't get together and actually put it together obviously because I couldn't hold it in I couldn't put any of that stuff in and it's really my bad it's uh one of my mistakes that I overlooked but now I have uh, I have a storage unit for that uh my other major mistake is trusting in my microphone and that's why the audio on this is going to be a little weird but we're we're gonna we're gonna jump over those. those those are just some hurdles in this podcast that we're gonna have to get through that We're going to have to look past and we're just going to have to deal with for this time being until I'm able to afford the things that I need to get to do the podcast to make it, you know, a lot lot more enjoyable for you guys where it doesn't sound, you know, as cheap or as ghetto as it is. I've uh, decided that these are going to be the ghetto pods for the remaining of time till I get that stuff. So If you guys can just hold on for a little bit, i really much appreciate it. But I've done a lot of things. There's been a lot of things that have been going on over the last month. Uh, My last podcast that I did was June 25th. It is now July 26th. So, yeah, it's been a big, it's been a big, it's, it's it's a big jump. One month in New York, it's like five months anywhere else, really. It's really, like... Things pass by you so fast that you really can't believe that it just happened. The last time I talked to you guys, I talked about going to a uh, to the Pride Fest, going to see what was going on, trying to figure out who or what was running it or what were the motivators to get this this thing going or just trying to meet some of the people. And, uh, I ended up not actually going to the real Pride Fest. We ended up going, I ended up going to, uh, Queer Liberation March, which was held at around the same time, a street across, a street, well not across, a street on the other side fucking, I guess, across from the, the, the NYC Pride March. And it was very, uh... It was it was it was great. The vibe where the vibe there was definitely a lot better than, I, I think, we could have ever gone out of the NYC Pride March because they were allowing you to just come in and protest and really express yourself. Like you could, like you should be able to during Pride, whereas the NYC Pride March is really. Uh, Corporate run, I guess, is really uh, <clears throat> really sets a tone of the industrialization of of this ongoing movement to unify these corporations with this this uh, revolution of thought. It's weird. It's they're really taking the control of, of what it was before and and they really did take control of what it was before. You have barricades all over the place, you have to get up you have to sign a petition to join into the march, you have to get a wristband to get into it. And you have floats, you have Macy's floats, you have freaking Microsoft floats, you have all these corporations that you could say R for LGBTQ or helping the community, but at what point or in what sense are they really doing it for? And it really kind of seems to ruin what Pride was and what really started it. I uh, talk about it in, one my, in the vlog that I did that day that Stonewall, there was the 50th anniversary for it and that's why they do the Pride March and why they do all that stuff around June twenty ninth and June thirtieth. And they uh it started as a movement where, yeah, you were protesting the police, you were protesting the people that brought you down and, and stonewall and locked them locked them in to to uh bar them from expressing themselves how they how they wanted to express themselves, which ended up starting a riot. But they were uh, a few riots. It was uh It was a riots that started in 69 and then a year later that started kind of in, I think it was LA and New York City and another city that I'm not 100% sure what it is right now. But it started a revolution of trying to go out there and express our, our feelings about who we really are and trying to put us out there that led up to us being to be able to get married to whoever we want in this day and age. But even to this day and age... We still have people being suppressed all over the world that don't have the means to be able to talk about the things that they want to talk about or express themselves how they want to express themselves without facing some sort of penalty, some sort of even legal action, or in some cases death in Middle Eastern countries where it is still punishable to be gay. And if you're caught, can actually be... Your death sentence, and that's wild. Wow, that's something that we are still living in that in this day that is barbaric, and we need to talk about and we need to advocate for others because they can't for themselves. So don't give us this bullshit about us trying to shove a, shove you down our feelings down down your throats because it's not us trying to shove us shove down our feelings. It's more of us trying to express to you that this is still a problem in the world and we do it because we have to. If we don't do it nobody else will. That's something you're probably gonna hear around my podcast a lot. But it's it's true. We we have to be the deciders of our future. We have to be the deciders of this revolution of thought that's still happening right now. But it was yeah, very commercialized March. So I uh, ended up moving over to the Queer Liberation March and you could just walk right into it and be a part of the whole thing. It was thousands of people there, thousands. I'm surprised we don't have the footage out there that that needs to be out there for it. It was, it was, God, it was great. It really was great. I didn't, I didn't really think I was going to be able to be a part of something that big or something as special as that, but. They they let you feel at home. They let you feel like you're a part of them. And that's how I felt exactly. I actually do have the footage of that. I have about an hour of that. And I have a, a vlog that's coming out afterwards for it. Because that day I was also going for uh, Morena, which is a Mexican political group in Mexico. Uh, a, a little uh, committee, a part of. A bunch of other committees that are here in the United States that will obviously helped people elect the, our current president in Mexico, and uh, I was supposed to go to that later that day, but I was actually able to film the march all the way to Central Park and experience that whole thing, and it was it was great. But like I said, I'm terrible at fucking editing. I'm terrible at getting things out. Terrible at expressing myself like I want to express myself sometimes. Which I know needs to change and I have to get better at it and work at it. So yeah, I have I have that to put out. I have uh I I, I went I went to the Morena to the Morena event afterwards too. I made it right. oh it was supposed to start at around two the event, but it started a little bit later, so I was able to get there. I got there around like two thirty, two forty five and the event still didn't start till like three thirty. But I was able to talk to some of the people beforehand, so that was that was great. Which I'm glad. I'm I'm glad I was able to talk to some of them and, and get to meet them. And I have a, a a second vlog coming out for that too, about going from Central Park to to that to that event. It was it was it wasn't a protest. It was the anniversary for electing the President Amlo, uh the one year anniversary for it. So they were doing a, a special event there trying to su- show their support and their appreciation for him. And the way they did that was we all, uh, they had a little <laughs> boom box uh, amplifier out there that people from the committee were talking from. And I was actually able to talk from too and support them. They were streaming it live from Facebook. I have, I have some Facebook, uh, some pictures of it. and. They also brought up a mariachi out there to, you know, celebrate. And it was crazy because it was at Union Square and everybody was partying around Union Square. The whole Pride Fest was still going on. It's so wild. Pride really took over New York like nothing I've ever seen before. The Streets were completely packed. They were barring people from going. They were from moving back and forth, which I bet annoyed a lot of people. But that's what you're gonna get. You're one of the most populated cities in the world, and one of the biggest attractions in the world. You're gonna literally make the whole city into your private concert, of say, of your own host. But they were uh, they were just pouring all around Union Square around us while we were hosting this mariachi, and it was wild because you were seeing you know people with their booties out and their titties out, like it was a normal thing. While this whole political activist motion was going on and I was able to cap- capture the mariachi I was able to capture some of the of the event that was going around of the, well the event of them talking and I was able to film everybody that was kind of just looking around us because they were kind of confused While there was a bunch of Mexican flags combined with LGBT flags all over the place they were yeah, it was, it was a sight to see. It's something you probably won't be able to see anywhere else in the world. I mean, maybe maybe California, you in LA or San Diego, I bet you get something like that. But for me, this was very special. It was a combination of my two worlds that really I've never thought I would be able to look at or be a participant of, which it was great. I, I loved every second of it. I wish people did more things like this around the world, around... Kansas, around Nebraska, around Oklahoma, and it was, yeah, it was an experience, I was able to talk to these guys afterwards, I was able to interview them, and I got that interview out on Facebook now, (laughs) which is funny, I I was able to put, I'm able to put, I feel like that was something I had to put out fast, I had to put it out because it was very special to me, and it was something that I I owe to them for letting me part, be part of their community and be a part of their culture and just letting me be able to get involved with it all. So I, I put that Facebook video out, put it out. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to put it out on YouTube, but I, more than likely I will. And they answered a bunch of questions about like how if they thought that the U.S. could possibly make something like a third party that would be validable for this coming election for for us to be able to create something as special as they created in Mexico in the last five years to elect a different kind of candidate and the response to that is they really they they could see it, they definitely could see someone like that they don't want there to be another party though right now with fighting uh competing i guess with morena in in the run into this because it's it seems like they've already put a lot a lot of work into this and right now i don't feel like they think we have the resources to start another party especially in the next year to fight the republicans in Getting Donald Trump out of office or another Republican that doesn't see the rights that Mexicans or any Latino or immigrant is supposed to be getting at this time. So that's that's their thoughts along that they also talked about uh, how the Internet definitely changed the perspective in how to vote and how to communicate. And getting someone elected into this new age of information, they really they use the internet. Amlo, the the president, has a daily he has a basically a daily briefing every single day with with his uh, correspondence, and he's got thousands of newspaper <clears throat> editors or journalists at at, at his foot. Just listening to every word about... He he does it for like a good one hour or two hours every single day. Just talking about what what needs to be changed. What's going on in the country. Whatever. And he does that every single day. It's, it's crazy that somebody has that kind of dedication to be doing. We don't see that definitely with Donald Trump. We don't see him going out there and expressing his feelings. Because I bet if he put those feelings out, it would be a disaster for sure, and just a shit show in general just a shit show, just a complete shit show besides those questions uh i have I had uh questions if who on, on who they thought would be the best candidate for the next election and who could probably fight against Donald Trump. their answer was uh Bernie Sanders, they really are a big supporter of Bernie Sanders R- really support the old people <laughs> they uh I guess what I know really is for the elderly so senior citizens out there uh go support those guys those they they besides him having some some of the best policies and in being inside the political game for as long as he's been, they see that he can actually bring a change to the world, a change to What we have right now, and I also I also asked them why they wouldn't support a Latino Latino president or what's his name Uh, Daniel the Texas the Texas senator or governor why they wouldn't support him I can't think of his name right now and they said that they feel like right now the best candidate would be Bernie Sanders even though that The the senator from Texas or governor from Texas has done a lot. They they feel like their best chance right now would still be Bernie Sanders. And they would definitely support uh, a Latino uh, president at any time. But they feel like right now they need to be focused on just getting Trump out of office. And they feel like Bernie Sanders can do that. Personally... Sometimes like I, I I don't know. I feel like the Democratic pool is a little bit of a mess and a shit show of trying to show who's better at at who was right beforehand. The they're really the hipsters of Democrats of no, of uh, politicians. Uh, they like to say, "Oh, I used to do this. I used to do that," but. In reality, none of them supported the sort of laws or changes that they pride themselves with saying they support now. A lot of people, a lot of those politicians really feel like, yeah, they're obviously lying to you. They're all lying to you. But whatever. We'll, we'll jump from that. I was able to interview them. I got like a good 20-minute interview from them. It was great. Check it out. It's on my Facebook. It's on uh You can follow it, narosouth on me. Also, yeah, I've changed my Instagram and Twitter handles too. You can now follow me on Twitter as naros underscore three and Instagram is naro point three. I I don't think i mentioned them before on the podcast, but before I was, it was called first, I started off with Naros World. I started off with that and actually you can follow me on SoundCloud at that. If you're listening on iTunes or if you're looking at me on YouTube, you can listen to me on there. But it started off as that because that's really what I I liked. It kind of felt like whatever we built here on this podcast, whatever we built going forth, it was going to be a representation of uh, mine and your guys' world. So Naro's World Team Catchy, I liked it, but it sounded a little... Cliche, and obviously, it is. You know, you got Mario's World, you got what one of my favorite comedians, uh, Felipe's World. I think he had that for a while. He had, I don't know if that was his little web series or that's still his podcast. No, no, his podcast, What's Up Fool, <laughs> but he had something around the, the lines of that. So, I just felt a little cliche about it, and then I decided to change it to. I decided to change the name of the podcast too to normal's Martian Life because I explained it on my Trump podcast why I decided to change it, and I I think I, I explained it on the last podcast too that I did. But I'll just tell you guys again. I guess it was, yeah, it was. I was naming it Narnel's uh, Life After School, obviously, because like I said, I think before it was. This thing about trying to find a different life of school or life of learning during this podcast. But the issues that I really wanted to tackle and the issues that I really wanted to talk about didn't seem like the right subject. So yeah, I decided to change it to what really affects me. Me being a dreamer, me being an outsourced person, being an immigrant. I just had to change that, for sure, because it definitely fits. I always felt, well, I was always seeing the news as an alien. You you would hear it, illegal alien. You would hear these aliens taking your jobs. They're coming in in vast numbers, doing this to the economy and that to the economy. When in reality, we are a major backbone of the of the economy but whatever they they're gonna attack you guys they're gonna try to po- propagate you the way they want to propagate you on the news on facebook on twitter but we all know the reality of it reality of it and then so i decided to change that and that's why i ended up changing my twitter and instagram to naru's martian life for a little bit but the day of Going out and filming and being able to talk to people on the 30th of the Pride Fest in Morena, I realized very quickly that my handle was really hard to find. It really just, yeah, just, it was too long for people. They kind of they started on it and they're like, you know, Nar- Nar's World, first of all, sounds like Narwhal. And I knew that right away. And I should have, I should have just. Dropped it. And Naro's Martian Life. That's. God. How many. How many letters in that? 16. At least. I don't know. I'm stupid. But. (laughs) I. Yeah. I decided it it was going to be a lot easier. You guys could just find a personalized me on Twitter and Instagram. But I did change my uh, YouTube name too. To Naro's Migration. I hope this one sticks. I really do. I do like it cuz on on that I do want to represent my uh my migration to the US. My experiences on it and I feel like that's the best name for it. So I, I changed it. I changed all those. And hopefully we we'll be stuck to those. We'll be stuck to those for a while. I met some great people that day though. I met some really great people. I uh, went to a comedy show. I went to two comedy shows. It was it was dope. Uh, my boy, Josh Wesson, hosting uh, Gold Comedy Club, the Gold Comedy Show uh, in New York City. He's hosting it at Ferns. I'm actually gonna be trying to go to it tomorrow. Or no, not tomorrow. Today is Friday, so on Sunday. I'll be trying to go to that. He's got a great selection of people. And uh he's a lovely guy, he's a lovely person. I really enjoyed his his sets, his hosting, his yeah, he's just a cool ass person. So I'm going to try to go and support him and see what can see what uh what more I can learn or just get a few more laughs and join New York City cuz the last last month's been wild, guys. After after the the March it got pretty crazy i like I said, I was having trouble trying to upload and edit my videos and trying to put any of this content out because of first the the storage problem and then also I uh kind of fell into a little bit of a depression fell into this not knowing what to do next kind of phase i uh I have a girlfriend, and when I left Kansas, uh, she was she was more of a friends with benefits kind of sort of deal. It was we didn't really want to pronounce each other, you know, boyfriend girlfriend because we felt like that's what that's not what we were because we couldn't come to an agreement of what we both wanted out of this relationship. I am a pansexual, polyamorous, non-binary person. And she couldn't accept the fact that I was uh, polyamorous, I think the most. And uh, obviously, that's something hard for anyone to accept. Because it always is gonna hit a string where they think that you love them, you love someone else more than them, and to me, that's not the case. I really love people the way they are in the same amount. A lot of people find that to be bullshit, but for me, it's true for me i I love people equally. I can't favor someone over somebody else. But even even throughout this whole relationship that we had, I had never had another partner and I had never done anything with anybody else, including sexting, texting, or flirting. We had an amazing relationship where she would literally almost live at my, she, we were living together at my place for the last year and... We would watch movies together, we would play video games together, she would make me food, I would take her out, I would, you know, go to the bar with her and have a great time. But we couldn't ever get over the fact that we didn't feel like we were on the same page. So I uh, really felt like I wasn't gonna get a relationship out of it like that I wanted or that I needed so I decided to move I decided to leave and come to New York because I know that's something that's more prominent here something to something that is different here is people are more liberal with themselves and how they treat others I think especially because there's so many people here that you kind of have to get over the fact that You're gonna be attracted to another person at some point or another. So, getting here, moving here, and trying to establish myself into another relationship was uh, definitely was weird. It was weird because. I couldn't really realize what I was trying to get out of it or how the relationship I just had was going to go about. Because at this point, we were still talking. We were still really, I guess, we're in love with each other. I, I've always loved her. I told her I loved her pretty fast. Because even though I told her... The first day, I told her who I was and what I was, and she she was she said she was okay with it, and she was still with me. We had a great relationship, and I really loved that and respected that about her, and I couldn't ever try and let that go. That kind of friendship that I had with her, I've never had with anybody else before. So leaving her back, and being here in this type of way where it felt like. That relationship was kind of over with, but we were still messaging and talking in the same type of way. Really confused me and mixed up my emotions in a lot of ways that were definitely unprecedented. So I decided to take about a week off the first week that I got here on trying to search... For a job or trying to establish myself here as a person of New York City, as a permanent resident. Because I was really, I had these emotions that I, I really couldn't express or was just confused about. And within that week, I quickly realized that in order for me to be a part of... Of this place in the way that I had it planned. I had to kind of let go of her. And it made me sad. It made me sad trying to deal with that. Because, like I said, I've never had this type of relationship with any person in my life before. So, dealing with her like that, in a, in a state of trying to desynchronize from each other, was very depressing. Felt like I literally got torn apart. And I couldn't figure out if what I was doing here was the right thing or not. Before this, I felt like coming here was the best choice, the best thing for me because there was no, there's the phone ringing, <laughs> I'm only on an Airbnb guys right now still I moved to of Staten Island and uh, I got three other roommates right now and two hosts I was just able to catch a moment of silence for the last two hours. So uh, I decided to do the podcast. That's why you're hearing that right now. But yeah, I felt, I felt apart from, I felt apart from her. I felt apart from what my motive here in New York City was and what I really wanted to do with it. So I had to take a break and really look at it in perspective and we started arguing a lot about about this and about how i felt but quickly realized that it was uh depression hitting me for sure definitely a lot of the arguments that were that we were having were definitely because of my depression i felt like those little things That I said. Couldn't. uh, Tear us apart. Really started to. You know her texting me. Felt like. She was. Burdening me or. Trying to put me. Into a box and keep her to herself. Which I know. It's not true. She just really cares about me. But at the time. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't. I felt like she was trying to make her, trying to make me her property. I know it's kind of stupid because somebody that loves you that much ain't trying to do that. They just really care about you. So I decided I was gonna just figure it out for the next month till I really knew what I wanted to do, and uh, I figured out that the thing i really wanted to do was spend the rest of my life with her cuz she supports me she even though i told her i was leaving her for new york city she still stayed with me till the end she even drove me to the airport she saw me leaving the terminals we hugged right before i left and when we when we hugged i couldn't stop shaking it felt like i was being torn apart it was a surreal moment that i know was just a part of the move a part of what was next but also it was it was a jab in the heart a huge jab in the heart That I had to try and recover from. But I quickly realized I couldn't. I couldn't because. I love her too much. She loves me too much. Even after I left her. She was still. Like I said messaging me like. Like how we messaged every day. And I told her about the problems I had here, about my storage unit, about me trying to figure out what I really wanted to do here. And she was still supporting me through it all. And finding a person that will do that for you, who puts up with your shit, with you whining, with your insecurities, doesn't laugh at them, and actually helps you is rare so rare that I know I have something special that I don't want to let go of. So she came down and visited me the week after, after the march. And that's when I knew that I really loved her. That somebody who I had just been apart from a month ago was so desperate to see me that she would plan a whole trip and take time off work in a time that I know she couldn't afford to to come and see me and be a part of my life still. That I knew that I had to lock it down. So I proposed to her. I proposed to her while she was here. And I knew knew it. I knew the moment that She was going to come down that I had to do it because I love her so much and I don't want a world where I'm not with her in a world that she doesn't support me because I couldn't live with that. I couldn't live with that ever. I love her too much for that. I couldn't live with her hating me. But she came down and she stayed at my place. That I was staying at, our our host was nice enough to let her let her stay and be with me, and I really thank him for that. We had a great time. Our uh, we did the first thing we did was go eat sushi the first night because she introduced me to sushi. She introduced me to the world sushi. I always thought of sushi as just raw fish, and then you know stereotypical bullshit that you hear online of what it is and what you hear from people saying you know it's whatever kind of bullshit meat but that was something nostalgic that we had from Kansas where she would take me to a place in Hayes that was delicious (laughs) to say the least it kind of just became our spot so the first night we went there and I loved her I, I loved every second of it Loved being with her and trying to show her this place and the city that I was in right now that I've come to enjoy. She obviously doesn't want that, though. She doesn't want a place like this because she didn't want to leave in the first place. She didn't want to get out of there because it was not the right time. It's not the right time for her for her. And that's my fault for trying to push her to something that she wasn't ready. And I know now that that was my mistake. She stayed with me for about a week. We had tons of food (laughs) that we ate. Because God, you you just don't get places like this in Kansas or Denver. You don't get this kind of culture anywhere else. I showed her places, I showed her uh a few bars, took her to a few certain dance places <laughs> and she she had she had a blast. She had a blast. She had a great time. But on the last day I was able to take her to the Brooklyn Bridge and propose to her. I was able to I took it onto the demise of uh, us kind of just doing a vlog sort of video because she's been reluctant on, on trying to be on camera or trying to be on videos because she felt like she didn't want to see that part of her and then me leaving her. But we're working it out now. I'm slowly convinced her to be on the podcast. She, she'll come around, but I was able to vlog her too. And I still have that footage right now that I got to edit. Like I said, I'm terrible. I was able, we, we went, it was last night, we went to the sushi place that we went to the first night, we got a platter, a lot of that shit had plantains on it, because it was, yeah, I don't know, it's, I don't know if it's just because of the neighborhood, or or the chain, or, or New York is just really prone to plantains, because of the Caribbean influence here, but yeah, we had sushi, it was whatever, it was pretty good. Took her there. And I had a a ring in my pocket that I had bought the day after I went to a Latinx march. Which, guys, I gotta do that too. I have that on there. I have a vlog of, I think, uh, what was it? The 5th? I think it was the 5th. What was the Monday after the 4th of July? There was a Latinx march in... Queens for, uh, transgender and LGBTQIA people who own sex workers who, uh, decided to get together and host a little event and they closed down just a little block, a little section of, of, uh, of, of driveway to, uh, right below, uh, it's right below one of the, the the train stations one uh, one of the it's really the footage is good the sound is going to be kind of shitty guys but the event was wonderful we weren't able to get onto the street and said march on the sidewalk but there was a lot of people there and definitely uh, definitely would have been better if we would have been able to get on the street and try to Put the same spirit as we tried to put onto it on the day of the Queer Liberation March. But obviously you're not only going to be able to get that kind of spirit. For obvious reasons. The police doesn't want to deal with that. The people. The businesses. They don't like dealing with that sort of shit. But we should be able to do that. We should be able to march the way we want to march. Nonetheless, it was great. It was a great march. It was... Great time. We uh, started around five, uh, four, four or five, and ended at about eight or nine. We marched for about an hour, kind of, I think, 16, 20 blocks. I was able to get some of the footage while we were in the march, but a lot of it's a little fucked because I uh, didn't notice my camera was. Changing back and forth from ver- vertical and horizontal. So, quality is going to be a little weird on it. After we finished the march, they played some music. They gave us food. We got taquito, some chicken, or rice, salad. We got free waters. And it was great seeing my community there. Definitely more specifically my community. Land people and LGBTQIA people. They had a wall. That. Showed victims of. Sexual. um, There were sex workers. That got killed. And we needed. To put them out there. In that way. To let them be remembered. To let the world know that. This place is still inhabited by hate and transphobia. And they had a picture of every single person on there that was gone. And their story and the outcome of it. And most of those cases are unsolved. And it's sad. It's sad that they don't put the kind of policing that they do into immigrants as they would into these kind of cases against transphobic attacks. It's very sad. Nonetheless, the event did its job. It talked about these issues. It saluted the people that needed to be saluted. The people, the community workers, the activists that were We're working towards this sort of, this sort of uh, cultural mind revolution. They honored them very well. They put them on a stage, and it was it was dope. It was really great. It was yeah. It's so weird knowing that a lot of these people, you're probably never going to be seen on Fox or CNN or. Even on, fuck, Vice or these little types of places because they're just such a touchy subject, I believe, that people don't really want to put them out there. But I was able to meet with a lady there that was doing a documentary on that, was uh, doing a documentary on transphobic and sex uh, sex abuse. I'm able to get in touch and I when she puts it out, I'm going to be glad to promote the shit out of it. But yeah, they we we did the march, and afterwards they had a dance competition slash uh, dress competition, a dress up competition, and they had uh yeah. A, a, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a drag show, but a lot of the time they they lip sync to one of their songs, one of the songs that really is meaningful to them, and they did that for about thirty or forty minutes. You know, people were giving them money, giving them dollar bills, throwing it at them. It's fun. I, I can not believe I was getting it for free. But I got invited to it by one of the members of the Moreno Committee. One of the uh, people I met the day of, of the 30th. He invited me to it and he's a great person. His name is uh, Daniel. He got an award that day too. I was able to get a little footage of that. It's going to be kind of shitty putting on there because... I was only able to get, like, nine seconds of it. Because when he came out, I was like, oh, shit, he's up. I didn't know. (laughs) I really didn't know he was going to be nominated for it. I mean, I don't know if he knew. But I was, uh, at that moment, still struggling with the storage stuff, like I said. So I was kind of iffy on the shit that I was recording. Not that the show was shit. More that the stuff that needed to film... Was piling up so much that I was really annoyed with myself. And really, yeah, really annoyed with myself for that. So I was able to get that, and uh, after it finished, we helped up uh, clean out the the seats, clean out the tables, and there was a little store about <laughs> uh, not too far from that that I was able to find a ring. And I haven't told her there. I haven't told Rose. So like this is kind of my opening up to her. Cause she keeps bugging me about where I got the ring at. <laughs> Still not gonna tell you how much it cost is though, maybe. I was able to get the ring. It was a little infinity. And it was uh it's a good time. Afterwards, uh I went and ate at a Dominican place that was not too far from there. And they put this, uh, chicken steak and pork mix of, of, of like, it's like a sope, but on a plantain. I don't know if you guys know what a sope is. I don't know if that helps any much better because fuck. A sope is basically, uh, it's a flour or a corn, uh, like a fat cornbread, but it's obviously just made out of corn you probably know what it is gorditas i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure you guys aren't, aren't that aren't that though but anyways they put it on a plantain uh, it's like a soap or huarache on a on a plantain based masa and it was uh really good i it was all right i uh couldn't fit it all in because obviously we got some food at the event But afterwards, it was not too long from that that Rose came through and so, damn, that that planting kind of got wasted afterwards because I kind of left it on the fridge. Sorry. But, yeah, that's where I ended up getting my ring at and I had it all the way till she came. And we were at, we went and ate at the sushi place, that's where I left off. While she was, uh, I was worried because when we were at the sushi place, for some reason that night they were searching people, they were they were frisking them. It was so weird. I had my book bag too, and I was vlogging, so I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck me!" And this guy felt my wallet, and then he felt the little box in my pocket because that's where I had the ring, obviously. And I was like, "Ah, oh, shit! Please don't let me make it pull it out right here. Like, please don't." But thankfully he just he just felt it a little. I don't know if he thought it was gum or something. And he just let me go through it. We ate, had a good time, saw some uh fake plastic uh I guess not fake. Oh some plastic some plastic booty babes fighting with the managers and that was pretty funny. Um uh, we ended up, yeah, right after that, just trying to go to Brooklyn Bridge because it was 28 stops away from where we were at. And she fell asleep throughout it. I played some music. It was nostalgic to say the least because this whole time I've been going on the subway alone. I've kind of been trying to deal with me just living here. And it was, it felt so great finally being able to enjoy that moment with her, even though she probably didn't enjoy it as much. <laughs> We got there. I was uh, trying to save up memory for for me trying to propose to her. So we had some few conversations before we we got to the Brooklyn Bridge. I kind of wanted to capture the whole moment till we got to the Brooklyn Bridge because the walk there at night it's beautiful. But like I said, I don't have enough space. But it's gonna be right here. It's all that matters. We talked, we kind of kept having arguments about how she didn't really enjoy the city or what she really thought about the whole place as a whole. <laughs> and while she turned around to look at the city at the first, pretty much the first stop, uh, the little first viewing of the Brooklyn Bridge, there's a little over overhead, kind of thing on top of, of the roadway where yeah, you can have a pretty good look of, of the city in Brooklyn. While well, she looked away, I was gave her off the selfie stick to kind of film around the city and then I proposed to her. And I wasn't cornering her at all. Some people might think that's what I was trying to do. We kind of discussed about it before in private, some, some about, about what we wanted as a future, and I kind of knew that was the right time, right moment, and it was great. She gasped, she kind of got a little teary eyed, I got a little teary eyed, and uh, I put the ring on her, and then she said yes. <laughs> We made out. You guys know, are gonna see my tongue down her throat, and uh, we ended the vlog there. We had uh, we had a discussion afterwards about how we were gonna spend the rest of our life together, and how we're both gonna be our ride or dies. So yeah, that's my story about how I am now engaged. It was, yeah, it was, it was a great moment. She ended up leaving the day that I was supposed to leave from my last Airbnb. So she helped me pack some shit. She helped me put all that stuff together, like the wonderful fiance that she is. And then the next day, I left to Staten Island. I had to take a few buses and I had all my shit packed into these bags. And I almost fucking lost it all. I almost lost my computer and uh, a new hard drive that ro- that she brought me. That rose. Yeah. I don't know. I, I uh, hesitated on saying her name. But I almost lost it all, guys. I was this close. This close. I don't know why I did it like this. This close, guys. To losing my computer, my hard drive, my flash drives, uh, my my streaming phone, my webcam, my portable charger, my chargers, my headphones. I was so close because my bags were so heavy. I I put in in my uh, I have two two large carry-on bags that I brought onto the plane. That I basically packed my whole life into my whole wardrobe, my shoes, my socks, my underwear, everything, and in my book bag, obviously my computer, some papers, everything I had on there, but I also put in there from my last Airbnb some of the food items that I had because food's fucking expensive here, and I couldn't just fucking leave it there. I had to salt. Uh, macaroni, freaking oil, bottles, not bottles, uh, cans of soup, cans of beans, cans of sauce. And I packed my fucking book bag it was so heavy, guys. I was sore the next fucking day, so bad. But I was, it was so heavy that I, on the, on the express bus that I took, it was, it's more like those Greyhound buss. But you don't. You can't put your bags underneath. You have to bring them on. I had to make some poor dude help me bring one up because he was right behind me. He's like, "I'll help you, dude." Well, anyways, I uh, had both of my bags on with me on the bus, and there's nowhere to fucking put them. from can't. Yeah, nothing. None of my shit would have fit. They were completely stuffed to the rim, and I I decided to take a break and take my book bag off and put it in between my my feet. And at our first stop, I had to put one of my big bags, one of my carry-on bags, onto my lap. And the other one, they just had to fucking hop over it because I, I'm i sorry. I couldn't do anything about it. Well, anyways, at my stop, well, what I thought was my stop, I didn't notice it was the stop that I was supposed to get off, which it wasn't. I was supposed to get off another one, but on the maps, it looked like it was a stop. So I panicked, and I told the bus to stop, and I just got up and took both of the bags, my carry-on bags, and I was like, all right, thank you, whatever, and I left my book bag, the one with the computer that I'm filming with right now. I left it right, right underneath the seat and didn't even notice it at all, at all. I didn't notice it was gone. But I got an angel sent from heaven, literally from the gates of heaven itself. Some dude, some brother, was kind enough to point it out. And he said, hey, yo, man, is this your bag? And he held up my heavy ass fucking bag and almost fucking dropped it. <laughs> and caught it was second hand. he's like and I look back and my heart sank so bad so fucking it literally felt like I was falling into the fucking Brooklyn Bridge it felt so fucking bad I was disappointed in myself really I was really disappointed in myself but he, he handed it to me and I said yeah of course I was like God, thank you so much. You're literally sent from heaven. He's like, no, it's fine, man. You gotta have your stuff. And I forever will thank that guy. If I ever find that guy again, oh, God, I owe my life. I literally owe my life. But I got off. uh, Got onto another bus, and the buses here, I don't know if this is just how the buses are in general, but, yeah, they were kind of being assholes. They weren't. The fucking stops were like this. I could not. And and then the the bus that I was on ended up st- starting to take another route, and I was really confused on where the fuck I was going. But it finally ended up taking me to my destination. <laughs> by the t- by the time I got there, I I could not. I was I, I had a five minute walk. To my place that I'm at right now. And it took me about 20 minutes to get there. Because I was struggling so hard. With all the stuff that I had. So I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know if. I'm cutting my trip short. Because I've decided. That I have to start. A life with Rose. A life with my fiance. The way it should be. The way a family should work together. In the way where I consider her feelings and what she wants to do. And I decided to move next month back to Kansas. Which I said in my last podcast, which you guys are going to hear before this one, hopefully. You know, they're probably going to be confused as fuck. Because this is literally the next one that I probably wasn't going to go back there, live there again, but I have to, you have to do what you have to do, it's a bit of a downer in this journey, cause it was supposed to be another one, supposed to be a different type of journey, but like I've already explained to you guys, I love her too much, leave her. I love her to live a life without her. So, I'll be moving back here pretty soon. And, uh, yeah, we'll have different content coming out. Definitely from what I expected. From what I told everybody that I was gonna put out. You feel like a fraud. You feel like. Everything you just worked to completely failed at. When I moved here, I risked. I put everything, put everything on the line for it. I sold my car. I left my house. I left literally all the shit I had behind and put it in three bags. I don't have. A job. I don't have. A source of income right now. And yet. She still wants me. and She still loves me. And that's why I know. She's the better choice for me. Have. uh, A lot of things to work out but we'll work them out, work them out, I'm not, I don't feel, it's definitely feel like a failure for me right now, but it's more like a step, in the right direction, I guess, if it's right, you don't know, but it's the right one for me, step in the direction that's next right or wrong I guess you could say but I'm still going to continue doing these I'm still going to continue doing podcasts I want to continue advocating for people I want to continue to try and stream live stream which I still haven't done at all the goal was to try and be an entrepreneur of of the streaming community in New York City. Which kind of feels a little dangerous. Knowing New York City. But. I'll have time. There's going to be time. And if there's not. And it wasn't. Just it wasn't meant to be. I was going to try and uh, show. The people the rawness of this world. Here. And in, and in other places, now I'm just gonna have to restep and look at it and see how to do it next. I got interviews with people. I've gotten to know people here. I've gotten to experience things I would never experience, and get perspectives on life that I would never experience anywhere else. So it's not a failure. just an adjustment that I'm not to do <laughs> I have an, an interview today too so we're probably going to be able to see that I uh, one of the people that I met at the Coexist event uh, one of the players well I decided to yeah I want to try out and do the, the podcast which I'm excited for Because I haven't been able to get this sort of content out there like I've been wanting to. And hopefully it's, you know, one small step into the world. And uh, not really just showing you who I am or trying to fucking put you down in my own sense. At this moment... I'm not I'm not depressed in the sense that that I was the first month. I'm actually really excited. I'm going back to a home. Going back to a loving home. And what's better than that? What's better than being back at a place where you know you have love? I don't think there's anything better than that. At all. There's nothing better than that. So we'll we'll move on to something. We'll have things to do. There'll be things I'll be able to show you guys. I gotta talk more about my status too. Because obviously I uh started this podcast because I'm a dreamer. I uh not not the song by what the fuck is it? Bruce Springsteen? I'm obviously what I told you guys before. I'm part of the 800,000 people that were able to get a license and a social security number to be a part of this community and be a part of the job force that now hasn't been at risk since Donald Trump has been in, in office. And I just want to make my my piece talking about that here and my experience, try and personify it for you guys and show you that I'm a person, show you that I just want to live a normal life. I really just want that. And I know not everyone can do that. And I'm as close as I can get to it And that's why I want to do this I want to keep going with this There's people out there That don't have A social security or a license Making their life Impossible Every every instance Is always fear Every movement is always fear About about what's going to happen in your future So I have to talk about it have to talk about those problems what what we're afraid of this podcast is a little long for that definitely want to hopefully tomorrow or uh Sunday I got to do it and that's just going to be the main topic for it this moment we're over an hour talking about this sort of thing well, talking about my life and I'm uh, a little late to the interview with my boy right now. So I think I'm going to end this right now with with this. With uh, telling you guys that even though the plan has completely changed, the movement will continue. There's no going back now. There is no going back for me. At all. For a moment I thought that. It could end. That this literally five video. Rain was over already. Because it was. I felt like it was too much. I felt like. Why help. In a situation where. Where you can. You can just stay away from it. And live happy. But I know that's. I couldn't live myself doing that. So I'm going to keep doing this. Keep updating, you guys. It is what it is. (laughs) Alright, well, thank you all for listening to Vida Marciana, Martian Life with Naro. Have a wonderful day. Subscribe, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on SoundCloud. Follow me on iTunes. I'm really glad I was able to get back on iTunes. Wow. Get on iTunes. For a little while there, I kind of felt... Like it was all going to be a big failure. Slowly but surely, guys. We're going to... Take over the world. Take over... This this movement this perspective we'll be able to explain ourselves how we need to explain ourselves but yeah subscribe moral's migration on youtube appreciate you guys have a wonderful day